Ain't That Swell presents Chords. Today's guest is Liam O'Brien, world tour surfer, world number 17, Benoa State High School Ducks. I don't know if that's true, but he's an astute thinker, uh, you know, doing a university degree whilst chasing the Challenger Series uh, and World Tour now. Uh, he's a space jazz, acid jazz enthusiast and the owner of one of the most scintillating and flary, steezed out frontside gaffs in the game. Uh, in fact, just a really versatile, well-rounded, and in my opinion, a really underrated surfer. Go back and watch uh, his film, Wandering, which I came out this year, just a, a wall-to-wall cone fest with plenty of signature rail gaffs and gouges. So much body lingo, uh, some skitty technical punts, and he's just a really astute thinker, uh, a, a mad surf brain, and a guy with varied interests. A proper, proper call cool lord. All right. Can you hear? Yeah. yeah, man. All right, there we go. Sorry about Are that. We on? Mental, in the boardroom. Upgrade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sick, dude. A couple of Billy sleds in the background. A few posters. What do you got on the wall there? A little chokes poster, like the. I'm not sure who did them, but there's like, they're like artwork. Yeah, it's like a tripped out airbrush. That thing looks psycho. Pretty sick. Man, it's cosmic. I was just, while we waited for the uh, Zoom and Wi Fi to link up, I was just watching some buried, recently released footage of the Stubbies comp, the 77 (laughs) uh, Stubbies Pro. Have you seen that yet on the tracks website? I have, yeah. It's pretty sick. How sick is it? Are you serious? I can't believe that at this late stage, they're still unearthing bits of gold like that. Yeah, I know. You'd think it'd all be out there. It's like pretty good quality footage too. Yeah. What do you make of stuff like that when you when you see, you know, an event like that held at your, I guess, one of your home breaks? Oh, I love watching the old school stuff. It's so cool. Um, and yeah, the old Burley stuff's pretty classic. Just like so many, they took such different lines back then and it's like some cool stuff still, like the way they ride the way up on the nose and the barrel and stuff. It's pretty sick. I always love watching the old um, Hawaii comms when like the sunset event would just go mobile to Waimea Bay and shit. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you just go mobile to 30 foot Waimea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's so sick, man. It's amazing how many turns, like how high performance that Stubby's era is, like how many turns they're able to rip off and link and, and combo up. It's it's psycho. You kind of forget how advanced surfing was at that time, even though they were on single fins and it seemed so long ago, man, it was proper high performance surfing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We do that single fin contest at Burley every year. And I don't think anyone's surfing much better than those guys who are on the single fins. Um, they were ripping those boards. It's, yeah. It's that, that footage you're talking about. So cool to watch. It's definitely worth checking out. Fully, fully. And I mean, you've grown up with guys who are in that, event like uh i mean talk to us about the influence of some of those guys on your surfing on on you as a person uh i mean pretty crazy to have that kind of pedigree to be able to draw on being from a club like burley yeah it's pretty cool as you said there's that long lineage of um of good surfers from there and guys that have kind of um taken the path before me so yeah it's pretty cool to lean on um those sorts of guys and their experiences 
But um, yeah, I think um, definitely early days makes you humble. It was pretty like I kind of caught the very end of it when it was still pretty full on out there, and then it kind of mellowed way out. But um, yeah, it's like a cool community. Everyone's pretty close. A lot of funny characters. Um, but yeah, then when the when the waves are on, it's pretty sick. Everyone's just you know young and old out there enjoying it you know you're watching like some of the old legends getting shacked and then like little groms getting barreled as well it's pretty cool such a sick giant like the cove is so consequential uh and like you know just amazing some of the approaches and and, and surfers and just the pure read on on thick ocean that the surfers that come out of there have guys like you know rasta really springs to mind i'll never forget mm-hmm um that section uh, i believe it's i can't remember stranger than fiction or campaign or one of those taylor steel films at burley and he's riding like a, a dick van stralen 20 that i feel like it might even be under five foot like it's a tiny little board yeah. he's getting the fucking craziest like that it's just got that lip line nowhere else has that burley's so infamous for that that thickness that that trippy lip line yeah it's funny it's like it can be incredible and as good as waves get, but it's so fickle. It can be like the worst wave possible or like the best wave possible. It's it's pretty funny like that. But yeah, it's it's um it's definitely rare, but when it's on, it's so fun and so unique, like you said. But yeah, watching guys like Rasta ride it, Bottle, um, even like Dwayne Harris, a few of the goofy footers like Jesse. Um, there's yeah, there's a ton of good surfers that just have a real good read on like a below sea level down the line barrel it's pretty cool to watch it's um it's cool there's heaps of underground dudes that ride it really well and you can kind of draw a bit of inspiration from yeah it must be psycho committing to something that thick yet with an air of unpredictability about it being a sand bottom wave yeah i mean it's it's nice that it's sand bottom you're not like going into some rocks or some shit when you fall off so it's like kind of friendly, but yeah, it definitely gets heavy on its day, um, especially around the top at Sharkies. It can get pretty thick and yeah, you can get pretty flogged, but um, no, it's, there's nothing better than when you like get the line right and stick the airdrop and you just like you can just sit in one and watch it just sort of spin around you. It's pretty cool. But um, man, I haven't surfed it good for so long. <laughs> I swear I've, I don't know, it's pretty fickle and then every good swell I've been away for, so itching for another good day out there boy yeah and as you mentioned you know you caught the the tail end of the bad old days at burley where it was you know pretty much the most localized zone on the east coast maybe apart from north narrabeen or um maribra on its day i guess but yeah like so you were kind of part of a a changing of the guard there where the board riders club went from being this really heavy place to actually really investing a lot into its juniors that like probably the best junior development program in the country, right. Uh, for a period there. And, and, and I, I think that you were kind of part of that, that first wave of, of Groms to really benefit from the, the, the kind of changing face of, of Burley board riders. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I came in right as they were trying to change it up and make it a bit more like, junior focused and trying to more about trying to bring up the the next gen. Um, and that was sort of through Eddie Lindors, who was the president at the time. That's like the first sort of person I met from the club. Um, I was just surfing one day and they were doing a junior sign on. I think I was about like nine. I was surfing with my dad and um, yeah, kind of went and met Ed and he was 
sort of gave us the rundown of what was going on and the rest is history pretty much. But, yeah, the, when I first started, there was like two other kids that were under 14 in the club. <laughs> I was like, bugger all kids in it. Um, and then they started doing like little camps and um, they take kind of, there was like that, there's that um, Talabudra rec center, which is like a, a school camp. They've got like all sorts of freaking activities there. Um, and they'd like rented out for a couple of nights a year and take all the kids over there. And then that just like, I think that camp, them doing that camp just exploded the club. Like everyone wanted to join so they could go and like <laughs> get in on the camp and do all this fun stuff. So uh, it went from like, like three of us to like 50 kids in the club and it was huge and it was pretty cool. It was just like, yeah, I met all my best friends through the club and yeah, you always had someone to surf with, just get dropped off at the point, school holidays and hang down there all day, just surf. I, I don't know. I swear in, in your memory, the waves are always pumping. I don't know why that is, but yeah, just sit down there all day, every holidays and have the best time. So um, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to be part of that. Um, that time when the the club sort of shifted and there was that big influx of um of the younger generation and yeah it was really good it bred a lot of good surfers you know guys like so uh um we we're all kind of the same age um and yeah it was definitely a cool little cool little time and then now it's it's still going now there's a ton of really good kids coming through and cool it's I like the idea of it being a bit more of a community thing and um. Yeah, being something that, that that's going to benefit the next gen. Yeah, and, and talk to us about how the wave itself has shaped your surfing. Uh, obviously, like your front side's a real strength. And, and I was just watching, uh, wondering uh, the the edit that you put out. Uh, I guess it was earlier this year. And mate, one thing that really stands out about it is you're able to blend like a savage front side gaffs, but then like really, you know steez it out and 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 feel the contour of the wave changing and kind of add this a bit of x factor and, and flair to your front side surfing that is just so watchable man far out i, I could watch it all day I, I love that film we'll get into it in a bit more detail shortly but yeah talk to us about the way you know burley shapes you and, and what are the, some of the the trademarks of the elite surfers that come out of that part of the world yeah. Oh, thanks for the compliment. I feel like I'm just bogging the rail the rest of the time. So that's nice. It's not always the case, but um, no, nah, it's, it's like, as I said, it's like, it can take on so many different forms out there. It's not always like below sea level and, and tubing. That's kind of like the rare, really good days. But um, a lot of the time it's kind of a broken up, rippable barley point break. Um, so yeah, you get a lot of good sections to try calves and and try and link a few turns together. Um, but then it's not like it's not like a snapper where it's so mechanical that you kind of can't you can't get many waves. You're just like waiting for someone to fall off. So you get a lot of waves and a lot of like different sections. Um, some days it can be like a beachy, some days it's running down the line a bit more. Um, so yeah, it's a cool spot as a point break. You get a lot of variety. Um, and I think that's helped a lot with my front side for sure i mean most guys that come from the goldie guys and girls that come from the goldie are pretty good on the forehand um the backhand's usually not the best but um yeah you get plenty of reps going right and um yeah burley's good just because you get all that variety heaps of different sections mm. and now you're actually from up the coast a bit right like so uh is it banoa is that what you call it yeah yeah i um i've always lived in banoa which is probably 20 minute, 25 minute drive from Burley. It's pretty much 
directly west of Surfers Paradise. Uh, it's just a little suburb up the coast. Uh, long story short, but yeah, as I said, how I ended up in the Burley Border Riders was um, I didn't. All my family are from Vico, so they don't. I was born up here, but they'd moved up before I was born, and they didn't know much about the border rider scene and all that. Um, so we just I was just surfing the point with my dad one day, and and um, we signed up, and obviously, yeah, it all worked out. It was a great time, but as you know, you can't you can't um, abandon your club. That's just sacrilege. So I've been in the Burley. I've kind of been like bridging the uh, bridging the two worlds a little bit. But it's kind of funny. There's like Louis Hind who lives down there and he's always surfed in North End, which is kind of closer to where I live. And then I've done the opposite. I've always surfed for Burley but lived up this end. Yeah, and, and before I, I forget, we should acknowledge too that uh, Burley, like they played a really amazing role, really kind of selfless role in, in, in raising some funds for you, right, in, in the early days of your world tour career to kind of help subsidise some of the travel costs, which is an amazing thing. I mean, like you kind of missed the the golden years of the surf industry when there was huge dollars around. So, you know, how helpful was it to have the support of your club in, in a financial sense? And, and what did that mean to you in terms of, you know, generating a bit of extra motivation? Oh, definitely. I mean, that owe everything to the club. Like, as I said, I've met all my best friends. They've supported me since I was a tiny little kid, you know, helped me get sponsors, helped me get better at surfing. Like, you know, my coach Bob, from the club like it's just like this big community that's sort of helped um bring me from a little kid to where i am now so yeah i i own everything and um yeah to get a bit of financial help when it was like tough to get around on the qe and that sort of thing like it's it's pretty cool you feel a bit awkward because you're like oh i don't want to like you know take money off the club and whatever but um yeah i mean it felt really cool to have have them behind me and um, yeah, definitely. Like you said, it motivates you because you've you've got a bit more on your shoulders than, or a bit more to to surf for than just your just your own cause. You kind of feel like you you got your whole community on your back as well. So that was really cool, and um, yeah, forever grateful for that. And can we attribute part of that extra motivation to uh, blocking Jeremy Flores from a wave in your debut event at Rottnest? I mean, that, that's such a such a wild maneuver, but I it's right out of the the Burley Board Riders playbook of just like you, you're there to compete. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you're up against. And uh it seemed like I, I love I love that kind of stuff, man. I love seeing plucky young upstarts uh just going super hard at veterans right from the get-go. We we watch the Brazilians come on tour and do that. And I, I think that really is what sport's all about. I, I get psyched off that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I got a bit carried away in that heat, <laughs> but yeah, nothing but respect for Jeremy. But yeah, I was kind of just like, I mean, and in all those heats, when I'd get a chance at like a big, you know, get a chance as a wild card in a CT or get a chance in a bigger QS, higher rated QS than I'd been in, it'd be kind of like, fuck, I've got like, you know, I've got nothing, I've got no sponsor, I've got no money or whatever. I gotta, I gotta try and just make this work. So yeah, I mean, it's never anything personal. It's like if someone, if someone's going for it, that's just sort of competition. Um, and yeah, never meant any disrespect or anything like that. But um, I don't know. I was just like, fuck, I just got to try and do everything I can to get through these heats and try and make something of it. I don't want to like burn out and look die wandering, so to speak. So yeah, I think you got to, you got to take it to the old guard a little bit. Um, Cause I've definitely had eats where I've just sort of like, 
been I mean my nature is pretty standoffish so I kind of got to like amp myself up a bit like oh fuck come on <laughs> have a bit of a crack here so yeah I mean you gotta you gotta you gotta take it to them otherwise you know you just you're done before you even begin um everyone's only human and yeah you gotta see what you're made of and is that the chat in, in the coach's corner and amongst some of your, your mentors and the older guys at Burley, are, are they giving you those kinds of instructions, revving you up and just going, mate, like, uh, ain't no friends at this level. Like have a crack, mate. Like don't die wondering. Um, oh, a little bit. I mean, I was working with bottle a lot and, and he was his little quote. I think he might've got it off. Bob Hurley was just to have a healthy disrespect for the status quo. Um, yeah, and don't just sort of defer to the way things are. If you want to get yourself in amongst it, then go and have a go and and test yourself and and um, see how far you can go with it. Mm. And it's what been one of the signatures of your career so far is like you seem to really perform well in in high pressure situations. Uh, you put up big numbers at Margs this year, needing a result to stay on tour up against Slater. Um, and you've gotten the nod over Toledo at least a couple of times in pretty high pressure scenarios to, uh, including at Margs in that same event. Uh, I believe you, you put up a mammoth total, including a nine to get the nod over Toledo. And you also, uh, you beat him at Rotnest on debut too, which is fucking wild considering the conditions. It was like, you know, light kind of onshore crumbly left ramps from memory. Uh, and you beat him there, but yeah, I mean, how do you feel like uh, – is that something that kind of suits you? Do you, do you feel like you, you enjoy the pressure, you, you enjoy coming up against the big names? Um, I guess somewhat. I feel like it's, it's almost counterintuitive. I feel like I've got less pressure – or maybe not counterintuitive. I feel like I've just got less pressure when I'm against a big name because I'm kind of expected to lose. So it's almost liberating. You're just sort of free to just go and surf. You're like, all right, well – this guy's going to absolutely rip. So I go surf as good as I can to even get near him. And um, yeah, you're almost just asking the question of them. It's like, all right, I'm going to go as hard as I can. And then, you know, you'll probably beat me, but if, if you happen to mess up or make a few mistakes, then maybe I'll have a chance. So that's kind of the logic in those heats. I feel way more pressure when it's like a heat I'm expected to make. <laughs> it's like fucking melting going shit. But um, yeah, those ones where it's against a big name, um, I don't know. You almost, you have all these, obviously all, all the thoughts like, fuck, how the hell am I going to beat that guy out there? Like, you know, it's, it's um, especially like someone like Felipe, he just, he's that good. So um, I don't know, you kind of get to this point where you're like, well, I mean, everyone expects me to lose anyway. So if I can even come close and put a few good waves together, then um, then that's a win. And um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes those guys make mistakes and you, you get lucky. Hmm. And you mentioned, uh, you know, surfers from the Goldie often end up with a weaker backside. But one of the the things about growing up at Benoa is like it's really close to Stratty, right? And, and uh, I've heard, you know, people told me that you're the closest thing to a local that that joint's got. Uh, you know, you, you're on it all the time. How did that wave shape you? Yeah, that's that was um, just a nice, like, fun beachy that's close to home. So. You go left, you go right. It's kind of like a D bar sort of wave. Um, then there's the spit as well. Where you get like some funky little left wedges off the wall and stuff every now and then. And I guess it's just um, just going left was the main the main way it shaped me. I didn't um, got a bit of practicing on the back end, 
got off the right points for a bit. Um, and yeah, that's I wouldn't say my back end's like my strength or anything, but it's just nice to be able to have the option if it is all lefts and be able to put up some sort of a score. But um, yeah, it's kind of been cool living up the north end. You're like you're always sort of well from where I've where I live, it's kind of inland, so it's a drive to the beach no matter where I go. So I've always kind of been hunting the best waves on offer. Um, I feel like if I lived close to the beach, I'd probably just surf out the front and wouldn't think into it too much. Whereas it's like, well, I've got to drive anyway. I might as well go and think into this a bit more and like try and seek out a better wave or a, a, a type of wave that I um, want to practice in or, or want to go and surf. So it's good in that respect. It um, keeps you on your toes and um, keeps your, your variety up because yeah, definitely I'll get board surfing the point and then I'll go surf the beaches and then I'll get board surfing the beaches and go down the point. So it's it's kind of good in that respect. Yeah, I'd say versatility is really a strength or at least like in your film Wandering, that was the thing that really stood out uh, about that film, like just the, the versatility on rails I mentioned, uh, in the air, like some super technical punts. Uh, I think there's like this backside staley or something that, that's wild, like such a technical... Ah, oh, it's a move that looks seems almost impossible in layman's for the the punter, the layman. But uh, you stick a real buttery one in that, and just big tubes, man! Holy smokes! Uh, obviously, all that time at Stratty has really helped you get the front side knife super dialed because, uh, yeah, it's just a fucking psycho knife and cone fest wandering uh one of the, the reasons i really loved it uh the opening section at this kind of backdoor-esque beach break is all time like proper double overhead cones uh some vertical drops where you're just knifing under the lip and you really got to get going through some big psycho chambers mate tell us about that session uh, yeah it was pretty fun session um yeah, we just walked up to this beachy one Arvo and it was like no one out and we're kind of watching it for a bit like, is it any good? And then we just saw a few sets come through and we're like, fuck, it looks pretty good. Um, then tried to paddle out and it was like way bigger than we thought it was and we were all just about drowning on the paddle out. Um, and then, yeah, just got out there and it was just like this incredible beach break just on steroids. It's just like these big peaks coming in everywhere, like really good ways everywhere you looked pretty much. And, um, yeah, I was lucky to ride a few pretty fun ones that day. But um, there was actually another day of that trip where there was a really strong current kind of going down the beach. So it was like there was this one little section that was really good and the rest of the beach was good too but, like, not the same. And I remember that day I, never, I didn't really get any waves but I just was looking, like, stuck in the current paddling, looking up the beach and just saw some of the most incredible waves roll through, just these, like, big square barrels, like, a lot bigger than that other session. And I was like, holy shit, like it'd be pretty cool to get some of those. So yeah, it was a pretty special little trip that one. We got kind of just got blessed with waves. I was actually over there um for a comp and I lost first heat. <laughs> and um it's a bit of a blessing in disguise because I just ended up going and hunting waves the whole time and and um yeah got to score that beachy pretty good. Yeah. Wow, that's cosmic man. Yeah, because it's one of the kind of really difficult things to balance as a, a young professional surfer or, or, or a world tour surfer of any age really is, is keeping that, that free surfing content flowing. Uh, Cause it, you know, a it's a hell time putting together films and, and, and getting clips 
be it can be just as good if not better for your your profile as a surfer having clips like that so yeah getting the opportunity to compile so many banger clips in such a short window that was something that really appealed to me about that film as well is that it's like a it's a trip-based film you know you 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 kind of you're saying you're in indo for the start of it and and like you can tell it's all been put together in such a short amount of time um all those clips have been compiled essentially in in the space of a, a few days so it really does give us uh a really good idea of where you're surfing is at hard to fathom a beach break holding that sort of sized waves with that kind of shape, like fully like backdoor. It's fucking mind blowing. Yeah, it's pretty sick. It's like a little Porto Escondido or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's amazing beachy. Fuck, we're pretty pretty blown away, mate. The last one, I think it's the closer, uh, where you you body surf out of a, a proper like eight to ten foot pit that you've knifed and and, and just the, getting the knife in and pumping through those sections like yeah you, you're going light speed it's so critical oh yeah butchered that um but yeah that was such a dreamy wave it just like that was when i first got out there it just came straight to me <laughs> like first wave i was like holy shit um and then yeah i didn't think i was going to make the takeoff and then it kind of because it felt like i was going to break on my back and then it kind of backed off last second and let me in and then i just pulled up and yeah, it's just such a beautiful round barrel um, and probably got stuck, like, just standing there a bit too long. I was kind of trying to pump through it, but um, the last little foam ball on my board just felt like it just disintegrated under me and then had to body surf. It's like, it was pretty, like, it was a good feeling body surfing out, but at the same time, I was just like, fuck, what have I done? I've just, like, butchered the sickest one. But, no, it was it was still cool. That's, that's what makes it all... Um, so fun is that you you can't you can't um you can't make them every time and you can't get the good wave every time so when it does happen and comes together it's pretty cool oh man i don't think you butchered that i, I think you did well to even get into it i didn't think you were gonna get under it and and get the knife in so uh just to to get as far through that tube as you did i thought it was an incredible effort far out man it was it was such a consequential wave i can't believe that was first wave of the session that that's mind-blowing man to to it just speaks to where your surfing's at to be able to like not have even had your feet in the wax and, and uh, put yourself in a situation that critical <laughs> oh cheers no i think everyone would go if that wave it was so perfect like there's no way you couldn't go <laughs> And uh, yeah, that backside Staley I, I, I mentioned uh, earlier, you know, one of the most technical moves there is. Yeah, talk us through that thing. Um, I mean, it was a pretty shitty version of the ones Ian Crane does. <laughs> I just saw the ones he does and they're so tapped. And I was just sort of trying to do something nearby. I didn't really get there, but yeah, they, they feel pretty cool. Um, it's like a... I don't know, the way he does it's just so insane. It's like a real acrobatic, corked out, like almost like a flip. Um, so, yeah, one day it'd be cool to try and make one, but I'm not very close yet. But, yeah, it was nice to, like, stick one that was uh, at least sort of got the grab. But, um, yeah, I mean, his ones are freaking phenomenal. They're the, yeah, go check those those airs out. They're so insane. Yeah. Probably... But, yeah, 
yeah, one of my favorite surfers in the world right now, for sure. He's, he's kind of the 2.0 Corey Lopez prototype with, yeah, that fucked up super corked backside air reverse rotation he gets is, is so mental and he's got such a pure style to he's such a good surfer yeah he's unreal yeah he's he's really good really stylish and then obviously does amazing airs and power turns and stuff and uh another standout section from wandering that hectic onshore slab fest yeah you, 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 i think it's you and hanada gaffed up man that was fucking as evil as it gets, especially, you know, for a guy who's broken his leg uh, in circumstances, you know, different to that. But, mate, obviously obviously, not a whole lot of fear kicking around the recesses of your brain. Oh, it was a fair bit. <laughs> fair, bit of, fair few pullbacks kept, I kept out and emitted from the clip. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. We're just – I'm not sure what we're thinking. It's When we watched the footage back, we're like, fuck, it was really bad out there. I don't know what we're doing, but – we're just frothing at the time, like, oh yeah, there's some like almost makeable barrels. There's a couple out there, and um, we'd been surfing this other wave that was like a lot bigger and heavier, and it was like kind of like, oh, this looks a bit more fun and nice. And then we'd go out and just get absolutely flogged, and like, fuck, like can't catch a break around here. It's just getting smoked everywhere. So um, yeah, that was kind of the backstory. But um, yeah, watching the footage back, I'm not really sure what we're doing. <laughs> we're just getting belted but uh yeah it was still a bit of fun yeah man it was it's like literally awful it's like the the worst most injurious conditions you could ever dream <laughs> up it's like fucking six to eight foot like triple stepping onshore fucking chandelier nightmares but you managed to make one that looks like it's gonna literally take your head off but you squeaked inside it and got the victory got the vision <laughs> yeah Got a little bit of ish. I actually had one wave that session. I just jumped off um, and snapped my board. And then it, I had, it was the only, I had a quad fin board and only brought one set of quad fins and it snapped the board and like ripped every single one of my fins out. <laughs> I was like, Fuck. there goes my quad set. So I, um, yeah, I packed it up after that wave. It's bizarre. How does that even happen? I'm just thinking about the mechanics of like, how can, how's that possible? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm pretty often. So weird. And uh man, like as I mentioned, like your front side knife is up there with the very best in the world. Like John John, Nate Florence, like it's in that echelon. Um, you know, talk to us about the evolution of, of that skill set. Um I mean, I don't think it's that, but um I think it's just, I guess you surf a lot of rights on the Goldie. You don't get like huge rights, some, or you sometimes do, but not often. But you get like a lot of little sort of slabby beach break or point breaky rights. So um, I suppose it's pretty pretty natural to the the area. I mean, you, you've got to do a little lot of um, kind of late drops on the forehand. And I suppose you can just sort of scale it up when you go to other places. I was pretty lucky through Billabong as well to spend a lot of time in Hawaii um, through their like bloodlines programs and then staying at the house for the QSs and stuff. So got to do a lot of time out at back door and off the wall. Um, and yeah, I mean, surfing waves like that, you kind of, they're always pretty heavy and hard to make the drop. So 
over time you you slowly figure it out watching watching all the good guys out there and how they do it and um yeah eventually you kind of get the skills yourself and actually make a few instead of going over the falls Fuck, you make a few in that film, man. Uh, there's a crazy one at Stratty, and there's also a crazy one, I think it's at the box, that is just so vertical, such a big wave, and you're fully knifing and backdooring uh, a wave that it almost looks like it's going to chandelier on top of you. I, I, I think you remember the wave. It's shot from a, a couple of different angles. Uh, fuck, it's harrowing, man. What are your memories of that thing? Yeah, that was... um. That was a really cool wave. That was probably that was my best wave at the box for sure. Um, I'd surfed it a couple times before that and just gotten so flogged out there every time. So I was like a little bit scared of the wave going back out there. I was like, "Fucking this joint's pretty full on." Um, the the time before I like hit my head on the reef, like cut my head, and then wow. um, that session I snapped a board and had to like run in and get another one. And I was kind of having a shocker. Um, and then that wave came and it just. I was kind of underneath everyone and it we were paddling out to it. And then like last second, it just sort of looked like it had a bit of an entry. So I thought I had, I'd have a go. And if it looked like it was too full on, I'd be able to kind of like jump off the, cause it was kind of the box kind of has like that little bit out the back that chips in and then it's got the real thick bowl on the end. So I thought like if worst case, I'd be able to just jump and like eject it out of there on the, on the back bit and not get too. Um, and then I went to get up. It was like kind of not too bad had a nice entry and then yeah the rest I kind of just got to stand there it was actually like pretty easy um once I once I got up so yeah it was a really cool wave I was stoked to get that one after copping a fair few beltings out there <laughs> beforehand uh, man how do you hold your nerve on a drop that vertical and that consequential like what are you seeing and how do you kind of <laughs> how do you keep your technique and avoid glitching out Oh, I don't know. I think it's just like you just over time you just figure it out and then you kind of learn intuitively like what what you can do and what you can't do. Um, and then you watch guys doing like 10 times crazier shit either on bodyboards or like Nathan Florence doing it on um, like surfboards. <laughs> I get a, you know, that right he had the other day um, that was like freaking 15 foot and square. So like you kind of see other people, you're doing it and you're like, fuck, I just got to try and have a go at one. Um, even if it's on a smaller scale and then, yeah, sometimes you get smoked, then eventually you kind of like slowly work out like the, um, the sweet spot where you can get the edge in and make it. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes you kind of know you're like, all right, this is too steep. I'm just going to jump. And then sometimes it's like, you go, oh shit, it could be pretty steep and you stand up and then it, it kind of backs off and it's easy. So it's just like, I guess it's just a bit of like research that you got to do to figure out where the line is and, and what's possible. And then, and it's just, it's like a, it's kind of fun figuring it out. Like it's different at every wave. Um, some waves it's like easier than others and it looks hard. And some waves it's really hard and you got to like kind of take off in a spot that doesn't seem like the right spot to take off. So yeah, there's a lot to it, but it's so fun figuring it all out. And then, yeah, you can draw a lot from watching guys that are way better than you do it. <laughs> just copy that. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, hitting your head on the bottom, uh, copping a gash, breaking boards, and then still having uh, the temerity to, to get back out there and attack a wave like that. Like, you know, what is the, the theory there? What, what, what's the, what's the strategy or the, the mental kind of 
game that you play with yourself to uh, enable you not to get rattled and, and get back out there and have a crack. Cause you see people get rattled and, and they honestly, they, they can't go back to that wave. You see it with Toledo at Chopes. Um, you know, you, you see it fairly regularly where people just get so worked over by a joint that that's it for them. They're done with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, fuck. I mean, if I got flogged enough, I'd probably be in the same boat, but, um, I don't know. I think you just maybe there's a bit of ego in it. You don't want to feel like defeated by the place. And then I don't know. It feels like it just eats away at me, especially like with the injury at Pipe. That was the first thing on my mind. It's like, I can't, I'm not, not going to surf that place again. Like, I got to go back and I got to make it happen. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, maybe it's an ego thing. I don't even know, but you just don't want to, you just don't want to let it defeat you. Like, I can't just like live in, in defeat i got to go on my back and like face that fear and, and try and confront it and that's not to say to go and be stupid like you can take it easy and easy way back into it and then build your confidence up that way um but yeah i think it's just a matter of just putting yourself back in that place and um and building yourself up it's like it's like another challenge and you get that same fulfillment when you you feel like you conquer the fear and and um get a good ride it's almost better than just getting a good ride when you're feeling comfortable Mm. Yeah. And there seems to be some weird universal truth or kind of pat on the back you get from the universe when you get dealt a setback and you're able to regather and, and push through that hardship and kind of get to the other side of that setback. It, it, it seems like you almost get rewarded for that, that second effort and that persistence. Have you felt that? Yeah, I definitely think there's, I mean, what do they say? The darkest hours right before the dawn. I mean, I feel like you just get, I don't know, you get you get um, a lot of fulfilment out of the little steps back to where you were after a, after a big setback. And then um, that's that appreciation for all the little things almost like culminates in um, like a, a better a better outlook for yourself um, and then better performance in the future. Um but it's tough. Like there's no, there's no fun way of coming back from an injury or a setback or anything of those of that nature. But um, yeah, it definitely does teach you things as corny and cliche as that is. Um, you just, yeah, you literally get stripped back to the beginning and you kind of like learn to surf again from the start on a quick learning curve and a quick trajectory. So it's, it's pretty cool in that respect. And um, yeah, you get, you gain like a, a great appreciation for the, for the ocean and um you see it in a different light you're not trying to own it but then you obviously you know you got to push yourself at, at times as well so i think you just get a, a bit more of an understanding of like the the relationship you've, you've got with the ocean and the way you've got to go about surfing heavier waves and even just surfing waves in general um you can hurt, you can hurt yourself doing a floater on a two-footer as just as easily as getting flogged on a 10-footer so yeah, you never know. You never know when it's going to happen. Unfortunately, it seems like in sport, surfing, anything, that's kind of an inevitability. It's more about how you deal with it and how you come back from it. Mm, yeah, it, it's such a good point, that appreciation uh, of all the small steps that go into uh, making a recovery. But also, like, you know, during that recovery phase, you're also able to to sit there and, and I'm sure you're just playing over the sequence of events that led to your injury over and over again. And you, you, you know, exactly where you made the error uh, eventually. And I guess there's growth in that 
um, because you pro- when that situation comes up again, uh, you're probably not going to make that error the same way twice. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and you almost want to, like, once you kind of realize what you did, you almost want to be put back in that position as, like, as soon as possible so you can like rectify it and then feel like, all right, I'm not going to do that again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's, it's almost an inevitability getting injured sometimes. Um, it's just part and parcel, but yeah, it's just one of those things that you gotta, you gotta deal with and, um, pretty much everyone goes through it in sports. So there's a lot of good wisdom to draw on. Um, and yeah, you just, again, you just got to treat it as another one of those challenges that you can kind of get a lot of fulfillment out of at the end. Mm. And yeah. What was some of the what was some of the wisdom or what did you lean on during that comeback um, from the injury at backdoor? Obviously, like one of the worst scenarios I've, I've ever heard of in fucking sport in general was that you know after toiling so hard to get to the world tour and and, and breaking your leg uh, on the eve of what was pretty much the best event I've ever seen at Pipeline um, being a young man. Like it just doesn't get more heartbreaking than that. What, uh, yeah. What, what, who, who helped you out and, and kind of, can you take us through a, a bit of the, the recovery process from that, from that injury? Yeah. I mean, I was obviously really lucky to have a lot of good support um, through surfing Australia and, and, um, and then obviously my coaches and my family back home. So I didn't feel like I was, everyone was writing me off going, oh, you're done, career's over. You know, like it had that good positive energy around me to begin with. Like, you know, I had guys like Paul Whiteson, who's the physio at the at the HPC, telling me like, fuck, you're going to be, you're going to be back surfing. It's just a matter of rehabbing. Um, so that was to know that I was going to be able to surf again and it wasn't like a full career ender was a bit of a silver lining for me. I mean, I'm definitely like a, um, a surfer first and foremost even if I wasn't competing I'd still want to be able to surf so I'd be pretty freaking devastated if that was like oh you're never going to surf again but um yeah so I was lucky in that respect I had you know a lot of a lot of good positive things to look forward to I was like all right I'm going to be back it's not going to fully screw me for the rest of my life um and then I guess it was just getting in there and just trying to do it like well, what happened? The worst bit was the first part of the injury. Once I did the injury, I went to hospital, had surgery that day or that night. Um, when I was waiting for surgery, I made the mistake of flicking on the uh, the contest on the TV. <laughs> and I remember the first, well, when I first flicked it on in this wave, there's just this perfect left peeling with no one on it, then it spat. And I just assumed it was like some sort of promo in the ad break. <laughs> and it was just a wave that no one went. It was like a little insult. I was like, you can't be fucking kidding me. Because when I left the beach, it was pretty wonky and weird in the morning. It hadn't like the the offshore hadn't blown yet, and yeah, I was just like I was in the hospital. Like, are you fucking serious? Is this real? Like, that looks like it looks fake. It's like that good out there. So that was shit. And then yeah, I got the surgery done. That was all good, which was fortunate too. Um, a guy called uh, Doctor Chang in Hawaii is an absolute legend. I think he's done work on. I think he did B Derbage's pelvis when he broke his pelvis as well. So he's wow. really good surgeon. And, um, yeah, got me in there that night. It was pretty awesome. Um, so that was all kind of taken care of. So it was a bit of like a weight off the shoulders. I wasn't like waiting around trying to get surgery. And then I pretty much just went, had to wait another week to fly out. So I was just sort of chilling on the deck at the Billabong house, watching the car. 
which was sick and then also shit at the same time. Um, but I think after that, like going through that, having to watch it, the comp that you're like, fuck, oh, I should have been in that getting blown out of barrels, but I wasn't. After that, it was like, all right, well, that's got to be the worst of it. Now I can kind of get stuck in and start working towards surfing again. And, um, yeah, kind of just got addicted to doing the rehab. I had, yeah, some really good support, um, got in the gym a lot, just did other stuff that I wouldn't normally do, um, did a bit of study and just tried to distract myself as much as I could. And I actually didn't, the whole time I couldn't surf, I didn't go to the beach once, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I just completely got into other parts of my life and doing other things. And um, before I knew it, I was back surfing again. Mate, it's one of the great, great comeback stories. Like, you know, you could have been super down and and and, and been having a massive whinge about not getting the injury wild card, um, you know, but instead you, you just went straight back on the Challenger Series, fucking breezed it in, got straight back on the World Tour, and then next minute you're at Pipe, and, you know, it wasn't the best pipe comp, but your heats, you know, you kind of, you got a couple of nugs like at pipe and got a ninth place. Um, you know, talk to us about how satisfying it was uh, to get back to Hawaii, like you mentioned, and, and, and prove you prove to yourself that you can do this. And, and not only that you can do it, that you actually did do it and you got a solid result there. Yeah. Thanks. No, it was pretty cathartic to go that full circle and, end up back at the same comp where I busted myself up. So um, even though it was pretty shit ass, it was just like, I was so stoked to be there. I was like, fuck, this is epic. Like I'm out here surfing the pipe masters. Like my, that's been my dream since I was a kid. So um, yeah, I didn't even care if I didn't make a heat. I was just like, I can tick that one off now and <laughs> be pretty happy. And then, yeah, I kept making a couple of heats and I was just, yeah, it was like that happy go lucky kind of feel where you're just stoked to be there and, you're not too fast about losing. You're kind of just taking it all in and um, enjoying the ride. Do you remember your first surf back at pipe and backdoor when it was solid after the injury? Yeah, that, I actually did. I had a session because we had the Challenger Series event at Halieva, Um And I just decided like as soon as it's breaking and it looks half decent, I've got to get out there and just catch one and, um, I didn't want to think on it too long. I just wanted to like get into the lineup and then just pull into one and even if I didn't make it, just pop up and be okay, hopefully. And that's pretty much just what I did. I paddled out and then there's kind of like a wide one that came as I was paddling out. Everyone missed it. I was like, all right, this is it. And just sort of spun when I didn't come out, but just popped up. It was sweet. And then that was pretty much it. It like was like a, a big wave of relief or big weight off the shoulders after that. Um, it's almost better that I didn't make it. I just sort of wipe out and then pop up and be okay. It was like, all right, it's not I'm not gonna break my leg every wave out here. It was it was actually a freak, a freak occurrence. And um yeah, literally like that. Cause I'd had I'd had some like I'd had I'd been to Indo and surfed some kind of heavy waves um before that. So I knew I was probably gonna be sweet. It was more just like the the voodoo of surfing pipe and <laughs> not not knowing what was going to happen. So, yeah, it was just like as soon as I got the first wave out of the way, I was pretty much fine. And, yeah, the actual injury itself, like what happened? So it's the morning of that pipe comp, right? Yeah. So it was 
It was so trippy. That day in the morning was pretty bad. Like it was really backwashy. It was cross shore. It'd been like, I think it had been onshore, pretty strong onshore the night before. And then it was like that lumpy morning sickness sort of feel. And I was just out there trying to get a bit of a warm up because I was in like the third heat or something like that. And um, it was packed. There were so many people out there. I was just so off it. I was like, fuck, I can't get a wave. So I just got this like kind of double uppy. It's like a, probably only like a four footer and it just doubled right up and had a fair bit of juice in it, but it wasn't like a gnarly wave or anything. And I just took that and like pulled in and I was in the barrel and then it kind of like like went to spit, but at the same time it, like a backwash sort of came through the wave. And um, I don't know, like sometimes, yeah, like you know those ones where they breathe and then like slap shut mm. at the end? It was one of those things and it kind of like spat and then backwashed and breathed and the backwash sort of like lifted me up off my board, lifted my back foot off my board. So at that point I kind of had my front foot on the board and then my hand on the rail, like pig dog. And then it kind of, I don't know how it happened. It happened exactly, but it like twit, like pushed my foot back foot kind of forwards and under me like a rolled ankle. So my toes were like down and then, yeah, I was like toes down, kind of like flexed the wrong way. And then the wave, clamped shut and it just like forced me down like that my toes pretty much touched my calf muscle and I just heard it like click three times I went oh no and then my whole leg kind of went numb and then I thought it like I was freaking out I thought it like bent my you know those dislocate ankle dislocations and you like the foot you see like basketball players do it and I was I thought I did that I was like oh my god and then touched my foot it all felt sweet and I was like okay maybe I'm all good and I'm because I was kind of like the adrenaline was up and my foot felt numb and I got to the beach and then like tried to stand up and it just was so sore and I was just like, all right, it's, I think I'm done here. And then, um, yeah, this this guy, this guy Jay works on the, um, he like does the setup for the events. He's like this real big buff dude. He came down and like carried me up the beach, like lifted me up and just carried me on his back all the way up the beach. And luckily the doctor that was on site was the surgeon and he was just there at the beach in the morning and he just checked it out and went, Oh yeah, I think you've broken it. Um, I'll check you into my hospital and come and sort you out tonight. So it was like as shit as it was, it was also like perfect because, you know, there's people, there was a doctor on the beach. There was, you know, people to help me out. I wasn't just in the middle of nowhere, just like completely stranded. So, I mean, I was trying to like look at the positives. I was like, this could be really fucked if I couldn't, you know, if I was stuck at some remote wave and, yeah out of here so it, yeah can you imagine eh, if it happened at somewhere like crewy and you just like on the green <laughs> whistle for eight hours fucking hell <laughs> yeah ouch yeah that's crazy man the way you're describing that like i kind of know the way you're talking about in in my mind like you know those those morning sessions at, at backdoor and pipe when a swell's filling in and it, it's been a bit windy overnight like that morning sickness it's famous for that and uh it's the desperados uh, like yourself and myself to a degree who are out there trying to pinch one. Um, and just that the backwash, the, the flare, the spit, like all those things happening in an instant. And, and it's just like, it goes from being a nugget to being just an, an explosion of energy. And <laughs> if you, if you're not perfectly positioned uh, in that moment, then you'd, almost certainly going to get hurt or, or hit the bottom really hard. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a sketchy wave like that because it's so shallow and then there's you get that like reverb off the beach, those little backwashes and bits of imperfection um, that can just fully bring you unstuck. So, yeah, I mean, as everyone knows, it's a dangerous spot and there's been a lot of bad injuries there, but it's also a sick wave, so <laughs> it keeps us coming back and keeps everyone entertained. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just like an unfortunate timing with the backwash and, and the clamp of the wave. And a building swell too, like although it probably wasn't as uh, as big as it, or definitely wasn't as big as it got throughout the day. Like that energy, the the period would have still been there. There would have been plenty of cuss in it. Yeah, it's just you know the feel. It's just like that funky morning sickness, and then it, there's like a lot of double up in the wave. There's heaps of heaps of energy. There's all this backwash. There's not yeah. It's just kind of ugly conditions. I probably wouldn't surf it normally. It was just that it was. Um, of the comp was just trying to get a few warm-up ways feel the board out and um yeah shouldn't have done that <laughs> fuck man and um you mentioned you did a bit of study during the recovery process uh so yeah you actually did quite well at school right like i understand you got you know pretty much high enough grades to to study medicine but uh you, you chose a, a different path you know what was the what was the thinking there um i i are you still doing a bit of study or you put on the back burner oh i didn't quite get high enough marks for medicine but i'm liking that that's that room is getting around <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bit of fake news but um <laughs> got decent marks and got into uni um and then because i never i was never like the next big thing or anything as a grom as a junior so i wasn't sure i was gonna i was always keen to give it a crack on the qs um but i wasn't sure how i was gonna go and if it was gonna be a waste of time or not so had the had the degree set up and just deferred it for a few years and then just kept deferring it until COVID actually and um picked up a few few units and then have just been i've just been on and off but yeah, it's, it's cool. Like it, when it works, it's cool. Like when you get those gaps, like COVID obviously is a random gap in time and kind of like dedicate yourself to it. And then when I was injured, it was, it worked perfect, but um, it's been a bit tricky traveling. Uh, it's definitely doable. Like if you've got the discipline and you've got the uh, motivation, it's, it's achievable. Um, but yeah, for me, I've just sort of kind of been in one foot in one foot out Um most of the time just been deferring and focusing on the surfing. But um, yeah, I guess that was a cool part of the injury and, and kind of a fortunate thing that I, I had the degree kind of sitting there on the back burner and um, I could kind of just get stuck into that and get my mind off the surfing. And um, yeah, like times like that, it's nice to have something outside of the surf world. Um, I think it's probably important. It doesn't have to be study, but like just another hobby and, and something else you do just to keep your mind off off surfing because you can definitely like especially when you're doing it um competitively like it's almost like blending your pleasure with your work mm. and it can kind of like it can kind of sour it sometimes um definitely like when you're on a shocker and you have no you're not having good results you don't feel like you're surfing good like it definitely can ruin it for you so it's nice to have those other avenues to go and and spend your time when um when the surfing's not right instead of kind of burning yourself out and and just falling out of love with the sport. Mm. Yeah. Why do you, it's a common story. You hear it a lot, but why do you think that is? Is it, is it because you just can't switch off that really self-critical part of your brain when you go surfing, even though 
you're just going surfing, but ultimately like you're so uh, attuned to surfing at your best and even surfing beyond your best that there's just this kind of critical component that makes it impossible to enjoy the the purity of, of just connecting with energy and, and riding away. Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, you get so stuck in your own head about trying to do stuff better every time then you ride a wave and it, you know, you don't surf it as good as you want to. And it's just, it just feels shit. <laughs> just kick off like, fuck, that sucked. Um, and like you said, you just lose a bit of connection with um, just how cool it is to stand on a bit of foam on some water. So, um, yeah, it is, it's tough. It's like a balancing act, act sometimes um, where you got to like, you got to have those ways to keep it fun. You know, it might be a different board or go and surf some novelty waves you know, ride yeah, like ride different crafts, bodyboard, surfboard, freaking longboard, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you like day in day out, just grinding it out on the shorty, trying to whack them, like you get, you can get pretty, pretty over it. Especially when you're getting tired, you're just like, fuck, I suck. <laughs> I'm so sick of how I surf. So yeah, you gotta, I don't know, you gotta mix it up just to keep it enjoyable because it's pretty hard to switch that inner critic off. I think everyone's got it, but. Yeah, it's just when you're like, when it's your job, you kind of like, you're just on your own case all the time. And yeah, you can be your, your own worst critic for sure. It's so crazy because, you know, the level to which you guys surf and you're surfing in particular, it, it, it's so watchable. It, it, it's quite, I don't know, it's got a kind of um, surprising aspect to it, uh, almost uh, unpredictable in the way that you're able to mesh really savage turns with style and stuff like that so from a layman it, it seems so odd that you could get so down on yourself but i also understand at the same time but it just goes to show like the power of perception to 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 mask reality and, and your own perception of things because results aren't going your way and this and that um isn't going your way you start to buy into that that inner critic that negative voice um, that's fucking bullshit. That that voice is a that cunt's full of shit. He can't yeah. be listened to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's like I mean, once you once the skills are there, it's like so much in your head. <laughs> you know, you're like you're always watching other people, comparing yourself, and like you, yeah, like you said, like your perspective on it all just has such a such a big part in in how you surf. Even like if you feel good and you're just having fun, you surf good pretty much. And obviously, it's it's a lot harder than just saying to yourself to feel like that to tap into that that feeling but yeah it is weird um i mean you you watch guys you watch someone at the skate park just ripping in a bowl and you're like fuck out that'd just be so fun to be able to do that but then they're probably like fuck fuck that fuck this and they just you know <laughs> instead it's like how sick is this i'm just floating in the air but yeah i think it's like you said it's just it's all perception and all perspective so if you can i don't know if you can get your head right and and get your view your view right on it all um you can you can definitely get your best out of yourself and yeah those those top guys those top competitive guys at least that I've sort of gotten to see in the last year they definitely have that down um like someone like Felipe I, I swear he didn't surf I swear he didn't free surf at all this year <laughs> I swear I saw him out free surfing before comps like twice and he just hop up like chuck the rashi on get out there in his heat and just drop nines off the bat it's pretty wild but I guess he's just like probably helps him with his perspective. He's just frothing when he gets to surf in his heat and doesn't uh, doesn't burn himself out doing the free surf. So, yeah, there's plenty of ways to go about it. But 
I think you're right. If you get your get your head right, then the rest the rest follows. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a really fascinating insight. And and he's a guy who, you know, has struggled with the the mental toll of of, of competing at that level and, and all that comes with it, the, the traveling and the, the various sacrifices. And you know, I guess his recent performances just go to show how big of an impact getting the psychology right is. I mean, the guy's untouchable and and seemingly so mentally resilient after years of, of toiling um, where he wasn't so much. And I mean, looking at your momentum at the moment, it looks like you're building nicely. Uh, obviously you had the the setback uh, with the injury, but then, you know, this year was a really solid year on tour for you. I thought you, you made the cut. Uh, I think you got, was it a, a fifth or a ninth at pipe? It was a fifth, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I got a fifth at pipe. Um, but yeah, never, like it was pretty grovelly. <laughs> I was getting through on totals of six and stuff. But um, yeah, fifth at pipe, then a bunch of shit results. Then I think I got a ninth at Margie's. And that was yeah. enough to scrape by. Yeah. And then you, uh, a third at El Salvador. Great result. Uh, a really epic moment in that event, actually. Uh, this buzzer beat, you, you pull off. I think you needed like a high six, a six, eight or something. And um, yeah, you, you kind of just breezed it in. Uh, got the score after the siren. Didn't even claim it. Uh, such a <laughs> such a lackadaisical approach. Um, and then the ninth at Chopes where you lost to the uh, event winner, Jack Robbo. But yeah, what were the big lessons from, from 2023? Um, I think for me, it was like, I mean, it was a lot of that like mental stuff because you'd surf with such good surfers all the time. It's so easy. I mean, I'm already pretty critical of myself to begin with, but it's so easy to just get so down on yourself surfing when you're like out having a free surf and you got Ethan doing the, the sickest braille turns ever. And then Italo's doing full roads every wave and you're like, fuck, <laughs> I can't, I can't compete with either of those things. So you kind of like shit like am I meant to be here like what's there's a lot of doubt and um yeah it's tricky it's tricky to navigate that because it's only natural to watch everyone else and go fuck well if he's doing that now like he's gonna smoke me in the heat um but I think the the big learning was like even if you're having a shocker in the free surfs it it doesn't it really doesn't translate like El Salvador was surfing like a pig in all the surfs like I could barely put it together and then um got my best results so it was you know, and then I had comps where I was like, oh, I'm so on this comp and then would lose first heat. So I think that that warm-up stuff, you kind of you can't read into it too much. You gotta just get out, you know, get out the, the information you need, like which board you're gonna ride, where you're gonna sit, all that kind of crap. And then beyond that, like you can't you can't read into it too much. Um and then the other thing was just like managing your time and managing yourself on the lay days. Because on the challenger and the QS, like there's no such thing as a lay day. It's you, know, you wake up, it's half a foot and garbage. You're out there and you you grind and you heat out. It's just like it's on no matter what. Whereas the CT, it's very picky. You don't know when you're going to surf. You can have like I think Brazil is like five days off in a row, and just like trying to stay clicked in. It's it's pretty weird because you do your prep and get ready for heat one, and you know, surf get through whatever, and then it's like all right, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling clicked in. I've got my routine set, and then it's off for five days, and you kind of like your subconscious almost switches off. You're like, fuck, what am I even doing here? Like, are we still on the comp or like, what's what's going on? Even though you're trying to, you know, trying to keep yourself together and, and keep it all, all um, keep all the cogs turning, so to speak. It's quite tricky to 
have all those days off and then show up again and still rip. Um, I found that tricky. So, yeah, I don't have the answer to how you, how you deal with that, but it's hard. Like I feel like I my surfing kind of goes like that and I'll have like peaks and troughs and, yeah, those layer days throw it out. You're like trying to, you're like, fuck, I was ripping a few days ago now I feel like shit and I can't even, can't even get to the beach on one. So, yeah, that's that would be, that's I'm still trying to figure out the solution to that, but that would probably be the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be pretty excited uh, if I were you. Just just watching that film or rewatching that film, uh, you know, uh, it kind of dawned on me how versatile and, and and just how cutting edge you surfing is. Like, you know, I think you you're kind of going under the radar a bit, which is also pretty nice at that level. And, and uh, given the run you've had, and and uh, it feels like from where I'm sitting that that your surfing is definitely good enough to be counted in that top 10 if it all comes together. So that kind of just means it's a matter of emotional maturity and um, getting the psychology of it right. And, you know, knowing that you're an astute guy who you know applies himself well, whether it's, you know, school or university. Um, yeah. It, it seems to me like it's, it's going to click in for you. And um yeah, it's probably going to be this year and in the coming years, if you can just fucking survive that cut, which is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how, how are you feeling about all that? How are you feeling about the tour in, in 2024? Couple changes. Um, no J-Bay's got to hurt because, uh, you know, you had a crack at it this year. It was pumping. Uh, you got edged out by Kanoa Igarashi. I, I thought you surfed really well, but he's pretty incredible out there. Um, yeah, so how are you feeling about... 2024 the tour the schedule no j-bay but cloud break tropes and piper in there yeah um fuck the cuts always stressful as but um no i'm looking forward to it hopefully pipe's doing its thing next year um be sick to get that joint in a heat pumping i've never really surfed it really good in a heat so that'd be pretty cool but yeah you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> um but yeah i'm I'd be really keen to get past the cut, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but I really want to go to Chopes and Fiji. Those two, those two joints are so sick. So, yeah, I'd be, I'd be uh, pretty keen to get past and go to those events. But um, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's all. I mean, I'm still kind of like, I don't feel like I've settled in on the tour. Like, I still feel like I've just come off the QS. So even to just go and have a comp in sick waves is pretty cool um still getting used to actually used to actually surfing good waves a lot so uh yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it and uh you know where do you feel like you've made improvements on the technical front in terms of performance like what are you focusing on uh in your surfing what are you happy with what are you looking to improve on um, I've been trying to figure out how to do a frontside air, but I think I've been going backwards. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't know, I might put that in the bin and just go back, try and figure out a few more rail turns. But, um, no, nah, just trying to, trying to get a few more turns in the arsenal to not look too similar to last year. I don't know that there seems to be, I don't know whether it's just like, just cause everyone talks about it and it's like a psychological thing or not, but there seems to be that second year curse where, I don't know what it is if the judges get bored of your surfing or I don't know, you just plateau or, or what goes on, but there's so many guys like have that tough second year on tour and fall off or just barely scrape it together and, and stay on. So, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably got something to do with you got to, you know, bring a few new turns to the table and, and keep the judges interested. Um, so, yeah, just been trying to literally just trying to have a couple of other like different turns that I can go to on the face um, that might be a little bit unique and exciting and <laughs> hopefully milk an extra half point out of the judges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And good to see you enjoying your R and R too, man. Uh, I ran into it at Mild Life down there at Bangalore. With uh, it was just sick gig, wasn't it? How fucked up was it? The Space Jazz aficionados. Yeah, those guys are incredible. That was sick. Stoked to see you down there. Um, no, I've been enjoying it. Seen a few bands. Um, got a record player. Been buying some vinyl. Nice. That's <laughs> yeah, epic. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. I love my music so. Yeah, those guys were sick. If you get to check them out, check out my life. They're fucking insane. Mind melting. What are you listening to at the moment? Fire out. They had the maddest selection of vinyl at that show, actually. Uh, I yeah. was looking at, yeah, L. My- L- How do you say it? L. Michaels, L. Mitchell's Affair, Atlan Gun, um, that Turkish fucking, what do you call it? I don't know what you call this stuff. Acid jazz, space jazz. Uh, I don't know. But there's all this, like, this mad instrumental music movement and they're all kind of it's sick how they all buddy up and sell each other's records and kind of put each other on on bills and gigs and um glass beams is another one melbourne band they're fucking insane yeah Yeah, i've been listening to a bit of them after you put me onto them they're they're real good um liking their music um but yeah that that little record sale they had at the back of the gig was nuts they had so many good records there i walked in because i'd been buying a few and i was like fuck i gotta save my money a bit (laughs) i'm getting a bit stupid here and um, walked into the the what the freaking gig room and the, the record sales like oh my god you gotta be fucking kidding me I'm gonna do well to get out of here without one um, oh, but yeah I had a good look through there they had some good stuff but um, I've actually been listening to the Stranglers a bit um, oh, yeah. kind of I want to get that Rattus Norvegicus album be pretty sick but yeah a bit of eighties I don't even know what genre they are but they I've been getting into their their music lately. That's interesting. Yeah, because uh, I only know them for the you know Golden Brown, that song about heroin, I think, uh, which is <laughs> so iconic. What, like that's the greatest, one of the great tracks of all time. But I, I didn't actually, I've never tapped in to one of their albums in its entirety. So that's a, that's a mad tip. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to tap yeah, in. Yeah, tap in. They've got some real good stuff. Their keyboard player, his name's Dave Greenfield. He passed away a couple of years ago. I might be getting that wrong, but. He's insane, like some crazy key solos and cool, like heaps of cool instrumentals in the middle of their, middle of their songs. So, yeah, check it out. I reckon you'll like them. Do you play any instruments? I actually don't. I wish I'd put the time in. I, it's not too late. Probably should pick it up. But um, I don't know. I've been pretty lazy on it. <laughs> I just like listening for now. But, yeah, I'd love to get into it one day. Um, but, yeah, no no cool instrument talent, instrumental talent to report on unfortunately <laughs> mm. and the other big news out of that gig man i it's kind of straight from the uh the pages of new idea but sophie mcculloch your your, your girlfriend it's uh that's a skits power couple right there might be the greatest gold coast pro surfing power couple since uh jelana chard J- jack and alana blanchard <laughs> yeah hanging out with Sophie. not sure what she's thinking hanging out with me but i'm pretty stoked <laughs> Uh, I had to sting you with that one on the way out. <laughs> Sick, mate. Well, thanks so much for your time. And, mate, I 
have all the faith in the world that you're building to a, a really solid and, and decorated world tour career. I think your surfing is absolutely undeniable. Um, so, yeah, I just hope the waves show up and um, you, you get scoring opportunities because I, I, I think that I think you're going to do some damage. It, it really seems like that. You've, you've got that that really nice balance of progressive, elite, sharp, consistent you know, variable surfing and, and the emotional maturity that's so essential to, to putting it all together in a heat. Uh, cheers, Smith. Thanks for having me on. It's been good to have a chat. Fucking know, Lobby. All right. Godspeed, brother. Take care. You too, mate. Look after yourself. <laughs> Will do. <laughs>